0: I think like at one point Alexa is going to come out with like an anti-abuse setting that like the people <laughs> who constantly at swear at her are going to get like their comeuppance and mm-hmm. Alexa's going to be like, fuck you, bitch. I don't have to answer your questions. Like, yeah, you're coming do I think she did flash one extra. <laughs> mm, little extra yeah, one. I that's guess that's her sass. It's the sass flash. <laughs> yeah. that <laughs> was the bird. <laughs> the bird. That's that for Yeah.
1: Well, she does ignore me completely sometimes. I'll be sitting there, and she just like be spinning around in circles. <laughs> I'll be like, you better talk to me. It's like I already got one preteen in this house.
0: I don't need two. <sighs> oh, oh my gosh. god! Hi, Patrice. Hi, Marleya. Hi, Courtney and Chad. Yay. Cheers! Cheers! We we're... can just
1: air toast. Air toast. Okay. Ching.
0: We're um, we're uh recording kind of earlier in the day than we sometimes do. Mm-hmm. And so Courtney's made us coffee cocktails, which are amazing. Mm-hmm. And I went down to Artisanal Baked Goods in Anniston, oh, Alabama gosh. yesterday and got us a box full of things that um, – I try not to go there because I get a box full of things I shouldn't eat every time I go. Oh, I know. But you should eat them because if you're going to eat carbs, Mm -hmm. these are the carbs you ought to eat. Like, if you're going to go that way, do it all the way right because they do it all the way right. No cheap carbs. You want Mm -hmm. quality carbs. This is 100% beautifully laminated, (laughs) filled with mocha cream and amazing. It it does, yes. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, there's oh, a butcher man. knife in the box, too. <laughs> yes. Just courtesy of the Strange South. <laughs> so, we don't half-ass do things around here. No, there. we don't. We take it all the way. All we get, like, a, a meat cleaver for That's a right. <laughs> 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 Cleaver the cruffin. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, we have some stuff coming up. We do. I thought of something else to say about 20 oh. seconds ago, but as we discussed yesterday, I don't have a chalkboard hung around my neck, oh. so that 20 seconds erased we, everything. We're gonna that's in sell my head. like strange
1: South chalkboards mm-hmm. that you can hang around your neck so that when you get up and walk into another room and then you forget what it was you were wanting in the other room, You've already written it on the chalkboard and mm-hmm. therefore like we're low tech.
0: Yeah. That's, low tech, easy. <laughs> we don't need an app for that. We don't need an app <laughs> for that. Just a little chalkboard. Yeah. Chalkboard brigade. The number of times I'd like I swear to God, I stood up yesterday the number of times that I was not even all the way on my feet before I forgot the reason I was even standing. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was just like,
1: oh, I know. Too it's just too much. You got too much going on in your brain. Too many things. Too many things.
0: We multitask too much. Too much. Take this moment... Take this hour of your day and enjoy the fact that you're not doing anything else besides cleaning your toilet because that's what (laughs) I do. You're driving or you're cleaning your toilet, right? While you're listening,
1: working out a little bit, or oh yeah, or walking, Walking, working out, walking the dog. Enjoy, enjoy for you, yeah.
0: Maybe you're commuting, Mm -hmm. so you know. I miss my commute because I used to listen to all like to listen to stuff, Mm -hmm. you know. And I don't commute anymore, so I've got like five minutes. I can get five (laughs) minutes of Georgia and Karen. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. So um, we should say hi to Georgia and Karen, who are obviously (laughs) listening to our show now. In our dreams. Because they've done two things or two or three things recently that I'm like, wait a minute, we did that. Or that's on my list. Or why are you doing this? Get in your lane. Like, like. So I'm the, not gonna tell them that. Just <laughs> get Karen, in your lane Karen. Karen scares me a little bit. I know. I was I, I won't hashtag them in this episode yeah. because I'm afraid <laughs> of what would happen to me. The the tongue lashing that I'm gonna get. Oh my gosh. But um Yes, they did the creepy gross guy down in Florida. They did. They did uh Carl Carl von Kassel. They did the corpse bride. Yes. And I was like, hey, and I was I was super sad. Like for it was yeah, you know, it was a day. It was like, you know, you have have like episodes you go up you go down i was having a bad day the morning and it came on and i was like i can't listen to this i'm gonna be so bad (laughs) in comparison with them i can't even do it then i listened to the next day and i was like oh that wasn't so bad Uh, (laughs) it's like okay yeah all right of course what was your main your main concern was that you're gonna have to sue them oh yeah i was just
1: like you know she uses my pickle joke you know we're we're gonna have to have words
0: no they didn't even discuss the gross mechanics of pickled yeah so i think we i think we maintained our uniqueness Uh, yeah by focusing on the absolute ridiculous 13 year old boy details of the story Yeah. yeah but they also did mothman not that long ago and i was like god damn it oh yeah we haven't covered mothman i was gonna do mothman i even had a 14 year old on assignment what'd you say in that same episode they did what Oh, yeah, the Corpse Bride, they did like the series of, Georgia, right, did the series of um, buried alive stories. And I was like, well, fuck! Mm -hmm. There goes my Halloween plan. Back to the chalkboard around Jeanette, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, anyways, good job, ladies. Keep <laughs> it coming. Stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> I, I <laughs> will that's not
1: be too funny. <laughs> funny. <laughs> and Courtney's like, I'm not involved in this. <laughs> All right. I know. Well, I mean, I'm already like a fan group. Oh yeah, you know. yeah.
0: I mean, they're they're, they're amazing. They're that's amazing. really one of that's one of the few pot. Oh, and I will I I will do a quick shout out. I was gonna save this for the patreon patreon but um just because we're already talking about it Mm -hmm. and i've made this flow of conversation Mm -hmm. super uncomfortable and weird now it would have (laughs) been it would have been a great segue if i hadn't been like oh i was gonna do this other thing um and 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 um there's a podcast called fuck boys of literature (laughs) i started listening to it's one of the only ones that's there aren't that many that i can just turn on and know that i'm gonna enjoy listening to it and it's um it my favorite murder is one um and this one is this one is becoming a new go to oh, so i have to listen to it it like goes back through classic lit mm-hmm. and points out i mean if, with a feminist modern feminist angle right and in a really funny tone and points out all the fuckboys in like in classic literature so the one of my favorites was the peter pan episode because i hadn't I hadn't ever read Peter Pan all the way, but I knew the play pretty well. And they, um, there were a lot of, it was pretty reliable. It was pretty close to the book. Right. And I was listening to all the things they were talking about with Peter Pan. And I was just like, holy shit, there are things I did not know about this book. Peter Pan is a fucking dick. Oh, well, yeah. He also said he was going to kill the Lost Boys. I may have even said this at some point, just randomly thrown that out. But yeah, he's like... Yeah. So anyways, it goes back through classic literature and talks about all the fuckboys of literature and it's a lot of fun. Super, oh, super wow. funny.
1: Yeah. I'll have to check that out in my f- five seconds. Right. In your commute to in the my school commute bus. To the school bus, yeah. I'm okay. Back. Uh no, the only thing that I think I wanted to talk about before we get rolling is you know, I did the Bermuda Triangle. Mm-hmm uh last week and then we had that huge hurricane that like ripped through there and like yeah. totally devastated the bahamas mm-hmm. and i'm like i feel a little, i don't know it's just, i feel bad you, <laughs> you like, didn't like i know i didn't the bahamas I did or it. anything i, you know, like, I didn't I take feel like that I bahamas cursed no them or something i don't know we don't just, have that power okay
0: yeah we don't. <laughs> in my feeling. but we uh um, but yeah we were both in florida last week like in right? you know in the show. We were talking about Florida last right. week. And yeah, so we were kind of focused on Florida and they just Did, didn't get really much of it. But yeah. I guess North Carolina, we love you. And South Carolina, islands. we love you. Yeah. The islands. I think,
1: yeah, there's a lot of flooding and <clears throat> crap going on. Yeah. Phil Form, so we're thinking about you.
0: We That's still do like you too, Florida. <laughs> yeah, we do. But you're a tease with these hurricanes. Like oh. half the time you're saying it, you're going to get it and then you don't get it. And, <laughs> um. Okay, moving oh, on. What? We uh, we have show stuff to uh, yes. just quickly announce. Uh, don't forget, September 20th, Jacksonville, Alabama, local show um, at the Stone Center for Performing Arts on the JSU campus. Tickets will be sold at the door. Uh, yeah. And we may have some multimedia going on at this show. <laughs> we
1: do have some plans.
0: There's some serious thrift storing going on around here and some, <laughs> some <laughs> plans. And... Um, We also come – if you come, come with, like, thoughts of your favorite campfire stories. Right. Because we're going to have some people kind of telling – telling spooky stories before we come out and stuff like that and right. just to make just it, it more a fun and pre-show stuff yeah. and we were inviting we would like to invite anybody who has some cool stories they'd like to tell. Right and it.
1: if that totally terrifies you we are not going to like make you tell a story or insist you have a story so like anytime crowd participation happens I always like go well I'm not fucking coming I don't want nobody talking to me Oh want my god, to sit I there know. Yes, and like be in the audience so if you just want to sit and mind your own business and enjoy the show, show, Please do not feel like you have to have a story or anything, or that anybody's going to bug you.
0: That's Promise. right. We respect your anonymity, right? And <laughs> yes, and any like you and know, your social anxiety, and social anxiety. And we, we know it. We know. We how know you feel. Right. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> so if you are like, if you're a little bit more outgoing though, and you do have a story you want to tell, we'll be there for you. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, we'll just leave you the fuck alone, and we'll Sit let you
0: and enjoy everyone else. And yes,
1: enjoy the show.
0: And then uh, our. The following that, we're going to have a live show in Montgomery at the Goat House Beer Garden on the 26th of October. This is the Halloween weekend show, yes. and it is a dress-up Occasion, yes. The Eventbrite. By the time you will hear this, will have gone live. There's an Eventbrite ticket it's past sales Monday, site, mm-hmm. right? And um, watch our socials and everything. Like it's too late to tell you that. Anyways, hopefully you've been watching our socials because we're going to give you tickets, heads up and right. in the future. And there's going to be like a them.
1: limited amount of tickets. Yes, because um, it's a pretty small venue. So make sure that you have your tickets earlier than later.
0: Yes, and we have, yeah, I mean. T- tickets include discount swag stuff also. right so, drinks yes stuff. it's it's fun but yeah make your plans yes and that's yeah. it go oh sorry oh I'm just kidding and just <laughs> one
1: last thing if you have any questions please feel free to like talk to us on you know Facebook or Instagram or if you want to like privately message us or send an email to stories at the if you have any questions like I said all right so it is my week to start
0: and if not i'm
1: gonna start anyway
0: (laughs) god i hope you didn't do my story this week did you talk to your husband i
1: did talk to my husband He, he said we were we were safe so i was digging around the newspaper um newspapers and i found this article printed in the memphis daily appeal on january 3rd 1870 and it was actually a reprint from the New Orleans time. And it says like CORE, like C-O-R period, like maybe correspondence okay. from the New Orleans. I, I don't know. Anyway, it's hmm. this story and it's titled Sea Serpents, A Leaf from the Log of an Old Sailor. Okay. And so I was like, huh, <laughs> what's this about? And it basically... Uh, it basically was this sailor who had come to shore in the port of New Orleans, and they bring they would bring the newspapers from all around um the u s at the, the, the there's things moving over by you. Oh. On oh. their own. Okay. Okay, sorry. That's all right. I um, just want to make sure there was nobody sitting next to you that you couldn't see.
0: Like we hear little noises, and everybody's like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: what? Right? Your paper just went flying." But anyway, so he, he went out. Like, there was a new ship coming in, so they took their little boat, and they went over to the ship, and he, like, grabbed all the newspapers and brought them back ashore, and he was, like, reading through the papers, and... Maybe, like, a month or so earlier, there had been an incident about snakes over in the Torgas, which is, like, a series of small Caribbean islands um, that forms part of Haiti. And it got, like, a lot of people talking. There was a lot of buzz going around. And he's like, well, since you like that story, let me tell you this story. And so um, it takes place, actually, in the Indian Ocean. Mm-hmm. And since, um, you know, that sparked me and I read the whole thing and it's really interesting. And if you are a Patreon and you want to um, hear the full article uh, in the after show, then, you know, where I'm going to like talk about it because oh, that cool. got me going around because I was like Indian Ocean. That's not really southern. It's just a southern sailor that you know is telling it, and it's really is. It was a good story, but it got me on this path of sea serpents, mm-hmm. right? So I started to look, and uh, there's this really good article um, that I pulled most of this information up on um, about. Uh, and I forgot the name of the article because I didn't copy and paste it down. But I'll show notes. Uh, obviously put a link. But it's talking about early sea serpent sightings. And so that's what I'm going to do my story on today. And it's just several various sea serpent sightings in the Gulf of Mexico. Cool. And oddly enough, there's a lot of information about this, like earlier information in books and stuff. And some of it has, um, they're talking about how hurricanes are a big proponent of when these events would happen because of all the churning of the water and bringing things up from the deep.
0: Mm. And that a
1: lot of times, like, after these big storms, there'll be sightings of things. So an early sea serpent sighting occurred during the Civil War when Union forces occupied Ship Island, Mississippi. Major Ritzus recalled (laughs) how eight monster how eight monster fish swam into the harbor during the summer of 1864. Ritzus and other fellow men, they gave chase in a boat, and they managed to um, harpoon one of the creatures. And they dragged the creature onto the boat about 10 miles out to sea before it died. So basically they harpooned it and then they went for a ride because the thing like pulled the shit out of them. And then they finally like wore it down and it died. And, um, they were out there and they've got this huge thing, uh, and they don't know how to bring it back because they're 10 miles out. And this revenue cutter, which I had to go look up to see what revenue cutter was. Mm-hmm. And it's actually back in the day, George Washington had, um, a, like 10 ships built to collect custom duties and taxes on, um, the ships coming into port and whatnot. Uh, so, and these are like, like you think about, I bet they were popular. Yeah, I'm sure they were, uh, these are like huge ships. We're talking like like all the riggings and the sails, like you think of in pirate ships. You know, mm-hmm. you know, Arg madey, because I was looking up. <laughs> I was looking up all of these things, and what they would do, they'd have these huge ships, but they would like launch smaller boats out from them when they wanted to go somewhere fast. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think what had happened with this smaller ship that had harpooned the creature, they'd gotten so far out and they didn't have enough boat power or men power to like drag it back. Mm -hmm. So they saw this cutter and they flagged it down and they got the cutter to actually tow the creature back to the wharf. The fish measured 18 feet long and 15 feet wide and 6 feet in diameter
0: and weighed almost 2,000 pounds. Wait, 18 feet long and 15? It's like a giant square. Yeah, I know. And how many pounds?
1: And almost 2,000 pounds. Wow. So it was like really huge. The mouth had no teeth, but was 4 feet across and 3 feet deep. And it said the meat had a consistency of unrefined cod liver oil. And they I photographed they the animal. Oil and oil. and I didn't, I, I couldn't find a photograph of that they took. But they photographed it and they sent it to the Smithsonian Institute. Um, but the scientists up there were unable to identify it. Huh. And it was unfit to eat. So it was basically this big nasty fish thing.
0: Weird. Blob. Fish blob.
1: Fish blob. So in 1889, um, the Los Angeles Daily Herald reported that Captain P. Hare of the Trinity Shoal lightship, of course, I looked up what the fuck a lightship is, (laughs) and it's actually a ship that has a lighthouse on it. And I guess it's there to, like, guide ships into port. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say, like, the lighthouse isn't useful if it moves around. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so the light ship is off the mouth of the Mississippi River, and it killed a, what they said was another behemoth, right? Captain Hare described it as, As hideous a creature as ever the human eye rested upon. Hmm. I found it impossible to name or classify this monster. Um, And as you expect, Hare and his crew, of course, fucking armed themselves to the teeth and went (laughs) after the creature. Um, The sea creature. uh, They approached it in small boat and they fired like at close range at it, and it went and like opened its mouth and revealed large tusk-like teeth. (laughs) And Hare said that the creature seized the side of the gunwale. which is the upper wall of a boat. It's kind of like the top part of the boat that you walk on okay. or the side, maybe sit on. I don't know. Um, and it crushed it as easily as it was like made of glass and then it charged at them again. So it got like very aggressive, obviously cause they're fucking shooting at it. Um, the captain then took a rifle, axes, hatchets, and a harpoon. And they went to kill what they called this Leviathan he cut off the head and took it back to the ship. Hare described the serpent as being rusty black on top, fading into a yellowish white in the underpart.
0: What the hell? He
1: claimed it was at least forty to fifty feet. Um, that Whoa. was that was actually visible uh, under the water. So. Big fucking, I don't know what. Tusky thing. Tusky, the tacky thing. What the hell? All right. So a few, like seven years later in 1896, the um, Akala Evening Star covered an encounter um, of a boat in Crescent City. Uh, oh, the boat Crescent City that had another gulf monster uh, encounter. So, the bolt was trolling a mullet on a shark hook. So, they were fishing for shark or something big um, around Florida. And everyone started freaking out because where the mullet shark hook thing was, the water began to foam at the end of it. And they saw this creature start to strip, strip the line. And so they gave chase um, for several miles uh, before the crew was actually able to bring it to the surface. And the passenger and the crew shot and killed the serpent. And they used what they call a halcer, halcer, which is like a mooring rope, which is like one of them big thick ropes you see them like tied to the dock mm-hmm. and a capstan which is like the large motor that kind of coils the rope on these bigger ships like a winch like of a thing. winch yeah kind of yeah. thing <laughs> And um, they used that to bring it aboard because it was so big. This ill shaped animal was just over 42 feet long. And there is actually a website that's really cool that I'm going to start using more often. And I probably should have used for some of the measurements above. It's called The Measure of Things. And you can type in, like, you know, 42 feet and find, like, things that you know that are comparable to it. Oh, that's handy. So 42 feet long is about the length of a semi-truck. Damn. And it was 72 inches in circumference, which is basically the height of a refrigerator.
0: Oh my god. Um, it was a whale. Well,
1: it actually it had a spoonbill shaped head, okay, and a large shark-like mouth with teeth set in at 45 degree angles oh. to the rear, and it had a long forked tongue. No, uh, its fins were up to eight inches on its tail. so it's like this really fucked up, scary, teethy looking thing. Um, the animal was generally brown in color but had green greenish back which caused it to look black in the water and the underbelly was yellow hmm. it was like he called it like a horrible horrible slimy monster <laughs> and uh, well, that's the <laughs> that's best descriptor a, that's Lots a technical of, term it's you know, scientific scientific term for it. um, and they took it back to florida and examined you know they examined it was examined by many people but apparently it was never identified what the hell? So the last encounter that I have a record of, and it actually was like officially reported. So this is all kind of like hearsay things that the community saw, the sailors saw, and that was recorded and printed in papers and stuff like that. But the only sea serpent to be reported officially in the U.S. or by the U.S. Navy was sighted November 23rd, 1901. And it was about 120 miles southwest of South Pass in Plaquemines Parish. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and it was. Uh, one of the was that Louisiana? Yeah, it's one of the main entrances to the Mississippi River in the Gulf.
0: Is that where Still Magnolias was? Is that what you said? Well, they mentioned
1: it, they talk about it. Oh, okay, okay right. cool. I'm gonna have to go look that up. <laughs> Still Magnolias reference here. Um, this was printed in the Washington Times, uh, and it was like reported by a third officer of this steamer of the ship. We don't really give a fuck about the name. <laughs> um <laughs> But he wrote, We passed a large sea serpent appearing about 100 feet long. The head had a blunt square nose and it was ejecting water to the height of two or three feet from its nostrils. The animal or fish had three distinct sets of fins. It, its tail laid across like a porpoise, and its back was a series of humps like a camel. It was headed about east. It was headed true east and moving slowly.
0: So, so it's not a whale, though? That sounds like humpback whale.
1: But it, not out of their nostrils. It, it, they don't, like, shoot water out of their they nostrils. They don't have nostrils. But I right? wondered if
0: it meant it's it's, it, but, it's
1: but it's, like, multiple. It was, like, plural. So weird. So, um... So, that was reported and actually put into, like, official government documents and whatnot from a somewhat credible source, I guess. Wow. And, um, however, modern research, you know, tells a bit different story. So, now that we're, you know, of course, modern day, we can identify some of these things that we may have never seen before. And, again, that brings back, like, some, uh, you know hurricanes may be, you know stirring up and bringing things from the deep that we have never seen before mm-hmm. on to the top and you know the animals displaced being like what the fuck and mm-hmm. attacking everything i don't know
0: <laughs> i hate you all well, that's right bright light bright light
1: <laughs> that's what i'd be saying uh but there's a headline that just came out recently where they have they're close to identifying loch ness monster based on dna evidence <laughs> so uh You know, it goes to show that things that we used to think were monsters scribbled in the little maps, you know, as sea monsters and whatnot, are actually like just other animals that we have never seen before. Mm -hmm. And they think that um, really all the things that they saw were, again, you know, something that came up because of the weather system. And, you know, I guess you can never be too sure what's down there. And you always got to be careful. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's basically what I got. Damn. Uh, although, I got a lot more. I just want to tell you. But I'm <laughs> going to tell our patrons. Like, <laughs> so, pay me
0: $3. $3. And I'll tell you everything about sea serpents.
1: Yes, I do have some sea serpents. I don't know how they're so. Uh, so what they're doing, They took. they have this guy that started doing... I don't know all the technical terms for it, but they start taking DNA samples from around the lake. And from those DNA samples, they can tell what creatures live in the lake. And so um, the Loch Ness Monster was, you know, thought to be like all these different, like, big creatures, you know, and, and are the, was it, the dinosaurs or, mm-hmm. or whatnot. And they found that more than likely it is a giant eel. Because they found eel a lot of, there's actually a lot of eel in Loch Ness, and they said that they found a lot of eel DNA in their random samplings throughout, and the things like, I forgot what they said, um, like sturgeon or some other kind of animals that grow very large that that could be mistaken, that they didn't find any of that DNA in the loch. So they're, Hmm. they're thinking that's probably more or less what everybody is seeing.
0: I would rather it be the Loch Ness monster because there's like stories of it being friendly and shit. And oh, I yeah. don't like eels. Friendly like eels? Eels sound scary.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, but they didn't find like the DNA for the dinosaur that everybody thinks it is. And mm-hmm. I think that's the main point that they were just disproving.
0: Hmm. No, oh. That I that exact story. oh yeah yeah. Uh, yeah
1: i read that sorry oh and, and one more thing um so i was talking about um there is a gulf serpent project um uh, that's talk, that's uh goes in and they believe that they examine like these all these older cases and they believe that the early accounts of the sea serpents like these may in fact be sightings like i said of deep sea dwelling like or fish which are snake-like in appearance and measure up to only 30 feet, however, in length, and are occasionally pushed closer to the surfer, surface by strong currents and other natural
0: events. Oh. So, I'm going to look that up. I want to see a picture of this thing. So,
1: like, the, I think the dead giveaway with that was, like, <clears throat> the the platypus-like shaped... Like the spoonbill. Bill, yeah. yeah, like shaped mouth um, with the shark teeth which is terrifying
0: the deep sea is like it's terrifying oh my god there's so yes. many like just terrifying it's the new wilderness everything down there looks super alien i, don't know.
1: I, I get like when i start thinking about like anytime i'm out like on a boat or like in the water in the ocean i just think about how much we do not fucking know about what's nibbling at my toes and i can't i can't hang
0: i have too much anxiety i'm like nope 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 Nope, nope, nope. I'm usually not comfortable unless I can see my feet.
1: Yeah, I want to see. <laughs> I like being able to see my feet. Being nibbled at by sea serpents.
0: <laughs> there you go. All right, we'll be right back.
1: <sighs>
0: the Goat House Beer Garden in Montgomery is our favorite place to go when we're in Alabama's capital, whether it's to do a show, to visit a dilapidated movie set, or to flip off the governor's mansion. <laughs>
1: So I was talking to James, and he was telling me that the Goat House highlights local artists, singer-songwriters, makers, chefs, brewers, and entrepreneurs of all types, just like the strange South, Mm -hmm. big supporter. They intentionally support only original content because they believe that communities begin,
0: grow, and sustain when creatives and entrepreneurs thrive. It's a great atmosphere, great company, and a lot of fun. And it's less than 10 minutes from Hank Williams' grave, which is haunted. So next time you go to say hi to old Hank, stop by the Goat House Beer Garden.
1: Yeah. Yay.
0: So I found on Reddit Mm -hmm. this uh, story that this woman was telling, and her handle was Wolf (laughs) Hayden (laughs) 666 I'm sold. It makes me question things, but... No, it makes me let go and continue. Yes. And I, you know, I don't know if this person identified themselves as a woman, but I read it as though it's a woman. So I'm just going to call it her. Sorry, whatever. I don't know. Hopefully you're fluid. Um, Coastal North Carolina is where this person is. Okay. And it said that since they could remember their mother's side of the family had had run-ins with a wampus cat. Oh. Oh, okay and um so she said it follows my whole family and it always has and it follows me so um so <clears throat> they they move to a new house the seasons change people having like an emotional distress moment and you see it and it comes oh, and weird. she said when my mother had a rough day being bullied in middle school back in the 80s and i was like wait do the math here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah okay okay um She was crying and riding her bike home down a country dirt road. The sun is setting, but it's not dark out yet. Behind her, she hears this shriek. I've heard it before, this person says. And it sounds like when an eagle screams, but with like a gurgling gutturalness of a cougar's roar. Okay. So she turns around and she sees a huge creature with dark matted fur and a stance like a gorilla when it walks on its knuckles. What and she turns around and races on her bike all the way home. And she runs in the door and tells her mom what she saw. And the mom says, Oh, that's a wampus cat, they've never heard us, they just like to spook you. What and that was that, okay. And so, this uh, so this poster says, I grew up with a native father who was superstitious, and um. You know, a lot of people would like be nervous. And when she was young, I guess she would hear this scream in her yard and she would freak out and then go to mother or grandmother and they would all say, it's not a big deal. It was like, it was like cicadas to us. Okay. It was like just something that they heard all the time. But then when she got married, you know, she and her husband were out and they would hear it together. So it wasn't just her hearing it or her family hearing it. It was, okay, yes, okay. So I'm still assuming this person is a woman, but they did get married and have a husband. All right. Um, but um, So they said, my closest encounter was one night in high school. My friend and I and her boyfriend were sitting on the front porch enjoying the nighttime salt air and lightning bugs, because, again, they're coastal North Carolina.
1: All right.
0: A huge gorilla-sized, extremely hairy animal runs up to the front of the porch screams like hell has opened up. And she says, well, I'm kind of used to it, but I don't want it five feet in front of me. So we go, um, we go to the bedroom and for about an hour, we hear it stalking back and forth under the window about 10 feet below because the coastal houses are raised up on stilts, growling, spitting, screaming, rolling around in the foliage, just being grumpy, she says. And finally it wanders off and we fall asleep. And I was like, we fall asleep? Like, <laughs> who falls asleep <laughs> when this happens? The whole gorilla thing is fucking me up a little. I, yeah, well, and this is one that I'm, I'm not familiar with, a wampus cat. Yeah. I, hadn't, I hadn't really heard of this, so this whole thing was new to me anyway. Right? Um, <clears throat> and so a, a, a lot of the Reddit posters were a little confused, too. So she posted a couple of pictures to kind of help people get an idea of what it was. And she said, this one was a bit like the face <laughs> Except with no glowing eyes. This is basically just like a souped-up, like, romance novel Fabio version of a Black Panther that you're seeing in this picture. Can you see it at all? It Holy didn't print out fuck. that well. it's That's like, horrifying. It's like a super muscular Black Panther. She says it doesn't have glowing eyes. Okay. Um, what about draw the it? big no, she didn't try These are just pictures she found on the internet, and she was like, this is as close as I can uh, get, I get to what it is. would look like. Okay. But, I mean, she's basically... It, it looks like a panther, you okay. know? Okay. And then... But it's knuckle-dragging Well, and that's panther. what... I'm going to try and find another picture, she says, of okay. what it looks like when it's standing. And she said, ignore everything, all the details about this picture except the stance that it's in. Because it's a picture of, like, a, like a satyr, uh, <laughs> Right. know? But it, it is kind of standing like a gorilla would stand with, like, crouched yeah. back legs and knuckles dragging the ground. So it's not standing on all fours like a cat would. Right. It's standing like kind of all fucking not quite bipedal demon. but sort of. Oh my god. Um <clears throat> and she says it has human like hands, walks when it walks on all fours, it it it's like a gorilla would walk. And it's dark with matted hair. I would fucking be in therapy. I mean I swear seriously. And And, you know, so I started looking up this, Uh this wampus cat, because I'm like, man, because she says she sees it all the time, right, too? Um, Other people, you know, lots of people talk about it, I guess it's a thing. Right. And um, some people describe something that's not unlike a Bigfoot, not unlike a cougar, though. Right. It's kind of, I mean, uh, a surprising number of people describe it a lot like she does. Okay. Because it's really not intuitive, right? To think of like a gorilla mixed with a panther is not something you would just naturally say these two things go together. So I was kind of surprised it was more... Than one person, yeah, because it's kind of like like Bigfoot.
1: Bigfoot Bigfoot could kind of be a bear, yeah, kind
0: of you know, similarities, and you kind of hear like, oh, it was probably a bear, but you don't, yeah, mm hmm. And then, like, some people say it stinks, so like, Bigfoot, skunk ape kind of thing. A lot of people point out. In these Reddit, that cougars do scream, and the right. noise that they're describing is is kind just of just the woman, sound of a wild cat.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like this woman like
0: scream. Yeah, I mean they definitely weird. cougars definitely scream. Yeah, and it is it doesn't sound like what you would, it doesn't sound like what they did in like 1980s cartoons when is <laughs> right, like trapped he-man bad. on the mountain. It doesn't sound like that. It, it sounds like a scream. So, I mean that part, okay, well maybe cougar. Um, one, one guy, there was one story <laughs> in one of the things that I found a guy described walking down a main, just a regular town street, um, seeing a spaniel sized cat with tiger stripes that stood on its hind legs to look in a shop window. And I was like, okay, well, so far, we're just talking about, like, a lynx. Right. Like, on on some town street. Then he said a few minutes later, it leaned back and kept on walking on its hind legs all the way down the road. Uh. And I was like, well, okay, this is a different thing entirely, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where you have been smoking the pipe. (laughs) Like, it doesn't sound like these other descriptions, but he called that a wampus cat. Um, And uh, so this, but this ape, ape cat mixture seems to be the primary thing right. and there was in only one thing that i found there was the belief that if you hear the wampus cat scream you will die within a few days oh fuck and i've heard other there are other legends and mm-hmm. urban legends that go with ideas like that that right. if you hear this one thing then it's the end of you that's not really a widely circulated one anymore right so well ap- and then apparently it's not true because i mean she lived with it all of over all of these people were right? yeah were so it i guess that's why it's not widely circulated they're like fuck you i heard it ha, ha, ha. That's right. i laugh in the face of danger um so there's apparently a book which we need to buy, okay, called The Dictionary of Smoky Mountain English. Okay. <clears throat> and it was published in 2004 and there's a large entry um on the wampus cat and part of the description is the cat is a black shaggy-haired thing about the size of a dog with a long pointed nose that glowed like a cigar. That was one of his descriptions in there. And it can leap out of a tree onto the back of a horse and it's fur repels bullets. Uh, <laughs> so this, this one's gone like pretty far into the extreme. Okay. Um, and like uh, the, so one of my favorite Reddit comments was just like the Wampus cat. Don't give a fuck. Like right. it's, um, yeah. most of the sightings that people list on it are Tennessee and North Carolina. So, uh, and usually it's not coastal. It's usually mountains and woods and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but um, if you get a little further out, they just have different names for it. So in Missouri, they have something f- similar called the galley wampus mm-hmm. in Arkansas. They call it the whistling wampus. And they say that instead of screaming it whistles, um, but I don't know. Have you ever heard the word catty wampus before? Catty wampus, mm-hmm. wampus. I've heard like yeah. catty or something, yeah, something like that. Like it's that. crooked. Like like it's it's crooked, crooked. Right. Yeah. And, and that's the only, that's what I had heard too. So when I heard wampus cat, I was like, it's catty wampus. I'd heard that, mm-hmm. um, like sort of crooked or skewed or off or wrong. Um, So there's another dictionary of word and phrase or that says that, um, the catawampus (laughs) may have been used for intimidation purposes in the antebellum South. Um, that, uh, white slaveholders were said to have warned enslaved people against running away Mm. because if they run into the woods, they're going to run into the catawampus cats Mm. and which may or may not have been a reference to like a mythical creature or just mountain lions Mm -hmm. because catamount is the word for mountain lion, right? There's also a mythical creature called the catamount. That's a a human that shapeshifts into a mountain lion. So it's like the Appalachian version of like the Rougarou or the werewolf, like the German French werewolf. Mm -hmm. Um, so, uh, generally you only hear about this in North Carolina and East Tennessee. And, um, there are a couple of origin stories that I heard though, which were kind of cool. So the, the catawampus thing, I guess, it it didn't really give me any, any reason to understand where the whole like skewed and off version of catawampus came from. Um, but there are a couple origin stories. So the most common one that you find is this one. And it's told as a Cherokee story. Um, and I don't love this story. But so this story goes, there was a Cherokee woman who lived in the North Carolina mountains. She was married to a warrior of the tribe who would go out hunting. And it said that bothered her. And I was mm. like, Okay. <laughs> So it says, you see, in Cherokee culture, only men went out on the hunt, and the women stayed to care for the village, and she didn't like it. She was curious and wanted to know what went on behind the men's closed doors. So she decided she would follow the men out of the village, and she would hide herself under a mountain lion hide to try and hear what they were doing when they were doing men-only things. And... Um, So she said that she heard them performing sacred spiritual rites and stuff around the campfire, and it was completely forbidden for women to hear these things. So when she got up to kind of start to leave, she made some noise and the medicine man caught her and said, as your punishment for sneaking into the sacred ring of the campfire, I'm going to bind you to this, this disguise that you've worn and you will become a mountain lion woman. And you'll you'll have to roam the mountains forever in this form, and you won't ever be free. And so they called that the Wampus Cat. Uh, and I read the thing, and I was like, I call bullshit.
1: Uh, oh, really? <laughs> that didn't really happen.
0: It <laughs> 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 didn't really happen. <laughs> well, because I I was like, that doesn't sound like a Cherokee story. They're like. There are so many American values in that story. Mm-hmm. Like, get your woman ass out of the men's don't secret shit. Don't be us. spying on our. Don't be spying on Don't try and learn things. Flicks. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: Did you say the Dictionary of Smoky Mountain English? Mm-hmm. Is that? That was one of them. Oh,
0: yeah. So that book is $184. Oh, yeah. We're not getting that. <laughs> I swear to God, because it's written by (laughs) academics in an academic setting, and so it goes through the textbook stores, and you know they'll charge like $400 for every damn textbook they write. Um, But I I, I seriously, like, I read it, and I was like, this sounds like Appalachian (laughs) version of a story that maybe they heard from somebody else and turned into. That's what I was like. I was hoping that that was what I was hearing. Right. So I looked a little further and I found another version of this story that I've decided is the better version. (laughs) It's the true version. (laughs) That's going to be the true version now. Because I was like, damn, we just appropriate and ruin everything. I was like, it sounds to me like we stole this story and turned it into like an anti-feminist bashing rant. So we're not going with that one. Right. Um, I found a really cool version of this story um, in a book called The Demon in the Woods, Tall Tales and True from East Tennessee by a guy named charles edwin price and i'm going to be looking at a bunch of his books because he writes really cool so write a note if you're interested so this version of the story says um there was a village a cherokee village and there was a woman named running deer who lived in the cherokee village and she was gorgeous she was smart she was strong she was the daughter of a chief. And it said she played stickball. Which did, have you heard about? Like ball all this, play. it's like lacrosse, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and ball play. And in ball play, yeah, that's why ball play is named ball play. It's like they played stickball games there. Yeah. Oh, fuck you, Alexa! Did I say something to her? I don't know. She's talking to me. She. <laughs> what was she answering? What did she say? A playwright. A playwright. Because I great ball play, maybe. Oh. 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 Okay. But- okay that's weird Sorry, did one of us none of that. us say no, don't no one say her name no, <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Alexa wanted to
1: put her two cents in
0: say her name <laughs> well she doesn't um. answer to me obviously <laughs> I say her name all day long <clears throat> so yeah like Corney points out ball play is named after people playing stickball there it's like lacrosse and it like when they when they would play it was like it was like no-holds-barred football, too. I mean, you could break people. Right. And she did. She was, she was hardcore. She broke people's legs playing stickball. This woman was no joke. Um, so she was the chief of the Women's Council, sat with the men at council fires. Um, and this story said the Cherokee had a matriarchal society. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? So I looked this up. And this is 100% true, which is another reason why I don't believe that earlier story that I was right. reading to you. So um, Cherokee were a matriarchal society. Inheritance, lineage, all passed down through the, women, through the women, from mother to daughter. As it should be. Women sat on leadership councils. They governed the tribe when the men went hunting. And if they wanted to hunt, they fucking went out hunting too. They could ride in war parties. They had property rights. They could marry who they wanted, divorced if they needed to. Um and they were leaders of the tribe. Oh, yeah. I'm going to make a quick note for further something. I'm going to talk about that. But go ahead. Oh, go awesome. Um, so, and and until white colonials came, all of this worked really well. And the reason that, like, when you look in, like, kid history books about colonialism and and tribes, Native American tribes, the reason why the Cherokee are called one of the noblest tribes and they're referenced probably more than the other ones is because they were the ones willing to change. Right, And so the only reason the white people liked the Cherokee was because the Cherokee started wearing white men clothes and started taking on patriarchal societal governance. So they took the vote away from the women in their tribes. Um, white people are like, our wives don't have rights. So your wives shouldn't have rights. So basically they sat down to do treaty making with the Cherokees and said, like, what the fuck is she doing here? And the chief is like, uh, that's. Jane. (laughs) (laughs) She just sweeps the floor. Bye Jane. (laughs) And that's how that worked. Fuck. Um. (laughs) So Jane, she (laughs) sweeps the floor. But, and it's, it's, it really so sucks. Like Anyways. Jane <laughs> broke their legs. Jane, I know, right? Jane Sleep was a your own badass. goddamn floor. And, um, so yeah, cause they converted to Christianity in great numbers and all this. And, and so the voice and respect for women just tanked when white colonialists mm-hmm. came into the picture. But in this time period, that hadn't happened yet. Right. So running deer was like super awesome, badass leader woman and outside running deer's village. There was a demon lurking in the woods in the story. And you okay, found you demons. found a useful website this week. I found a useful website. It is called godchecker.com. Oh my god. <laughs> if you ever want to know if a god is from a certain mythology or a culture, you type it in and Godchecker will tell you about the god. That's amazing. <laughs> this god's name is Awa, and it's actually a demon. Um Awa was the spirit of madness. Their description is nightmarishly ugly demon of insanity, so hideous that the very sight of him causes manic madness and irreversible insanity. We don't think he has a girlfriend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, what really? <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> what an odd side man. I note. love it. <laughs> Awa feeds upon the dreams of children. This is one of Awa's Ain't got no characteristics. Of women. I know. Um, and it says, if you're planning a trip to the forest where he lives, do everything you can cave, do to keep the kids awake. We're told that the only thing which can scare him off is the wampus mask. So, onward, on to our story. AY is the demon that's hanging out outside of Running Deer's Village. And um, it's waiting out there to snare people who come out into the woods alone. So, they've been all been traveling together mm-hmm. because it maybe doesn't come out and try and get people who were with other people and one of the people who decided he was going to go try and confront this creature was running deer's husband whose name was great fellow and he was a warrior he was brave he was strong he was all the things he was also a leader um but one night he went out to try and hunt this demon and he came back babbling incoherently foaming from the mouth because he had seen Awa and that's how AWA works. If you see Awa and you're not prepared, it will drive you mad instantly and you can't recover. So this um, great fellow comes back into town permanently damaged, basically um, and the uh, the medicine men, they wear, Animal masks to frighten the demons out of the village, and so they kind of take the perimeter of the village and put on these animal masks. And Awa doesn't come in, but Running Deer is trying to figure out what she's going to do because she's got this worthless dude now who can no longer be a husband in any like or a partner in any way because he's like reduced to a babbling child, and she's pissed, mm-hmm. and so she's trying to figure out like wh- I'm a widow now, basically. What am I going to do? How am I going to fix this? And how am I going avenge, to avenge my husband who's been destroyed by this? So she's decided she's going to go to the medicine men or the conjurers and kind of try and work out a plan. So they get together. She throws a plan together. And they, they kind of help her to purify her spirit because that was one of the things if you go out – into war and your spirit is pure, nothing can hurt you. That's the only thing that'll make you, you know, immune. And so they give her this mask of a wildcat, a mountain lion, and she puts on the mask and they say, the only way you can kill Awa is if you sneak up on him, you can't let him get the jump on you. But if he sees you first and you sneak up on him he will go mad with rage and die of rage because he can't make you go crazy. Right. So this is her her whole thing here is that she's going to sneak up on it and make it go nuts. And so she sneaks out down the path out of town. She's like tiptoeing around every rock and tree because it is this massive thing, but it hides in the shadows and she's never seen it. Nobody who's seen it has ever been able to tell her what it looks like. Right. So she's got to be really, really stealthy. And she keeps on remembering. They're saying, do not let it catch you unaware, whatever you do. So she sneaks down and she gets a deer comes out behind her and she's like, Oh shit. That could have been it. I'm not being careful enough. Mm -hmm. And she like kind of hides down behind a rock and she's looking around and everything she hears is freaking her out. She's like, okay, I've just, I've just got to be calm. So she stands up. She carefully starts walking down the path and she gets to a little pond and she starts hearing this, um, moaning sound and she's like, okay, it's trying to fool me into looking for someone injured. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I try and go around a corner to find this sound, it's going to jump out at me. And so she kind of goes around the other way and she's listening for it. And um, it says she's like crab crawling down through the undergrowth trying to sneak up on it. And she gets to this pond and she sees this dark, massive, hairy figure, she says nearly 12 feet tall, stooping over the water of the pond. And she sees its back and it's looking in another direction. So she's like, okay, this is it. This is, I've got to get him now. And so she very, very slowly, she stands up. And she can see it really clearly standing like no, nothing between her and it. And she creeps until she's within 50 feet of it. And then she lets out the most blood curdling scream she can possibly scream. And it turns around in surprise. And she said it was as hideous as it was rumored to be. It was massive, huge red eyes, a mouth filled with pointed teeth, dripping saliva and a very startled look on its face. And she had to keep on screaming and staring at it until I know right (laughs) until it like went nuts so it laid down and she had this cat mask on so it was scared to death of her and so it laid down on the ground and rolled around and went and finally just took off and ran away in pain and um there was another scream that she heard it make off in the distance but then everything was silent and she knew that she had scared away the demon and the story goes that the wampus cat Became the protector of the tribe and the place, so since their tribe was you know in East Tennessee and in the Appalachians that the the wampus cat, the wild cat creature is actually the spirit of running deer, trying to protect the area, not trying to hurt is trying to protect the area oh, from the demons okay and so
1: circling back to the family that always sees the wampus cat so maybe it's
0: just a really fucking scary protector in well as she said in times of distress it would be there oh, okay. she said every time there was a time of transition it would be there and so and she said she had a native father mm. so maybe there is something to that if that's you know a thing Anyway, um, I like that story a lot better. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's a way better that story. Story. That's yeah, story. first story was shit. That was shit. <laughs> but um, that's so. That's what a wampus cat maybe is. Well, it is from now on. That is. I yeah. We are declaring the official we declare the official wampus cat, cat. story. <laughs> yes.
1: Good story. That reminded me, and that like struck, talking about the matriarchal system, um, of the Cherokee. Uh, maybe i'll do this story next time but it's it's something from mississippi oh fuck i'll just go ahead and and tell you the gist of it (laughs) it's really it's nothing supernatural or anything it's totally feminist um but there was a um a lady that lived in pontotock mississippi and she was from the chickasaw tribe Mm -hmm. and her husband and i don't know i haven't read the story because i kind of heard this from somebody and i Barely, I remember the details, but her, she was married to this man and women could not own property. Mm-hmm. And so when her husband died, normally the government or creditors, whatever, would come in and seize the property because women cannot own property. Um, let's say, so her name is Betsy Love and, uh, da, da, da. hold on, is there a benefactor, man? She, uh... She largely remains unknown. And, again, from Pont- Pontotoc, Mississippi, is, like, this really small town in the middle of Mississippi. But she played, like, this huge role in establishing the principle that married women could own their own property and that it could not be seized by their husband, husbands or their husbands' creditors. And sh- she was actually... Um, noted for the landmark Married Women's Property Act of 1839 Hmm. in Mississippi um, because of her lawsuit. Um, She basically said that, you know, when she uh, she got married, she had property. And, of course, you know, it was supposed to be, like, any property of the woman's becomes the man. And then, like, if he died or whatever, then she loses the property. But she was like, fuck no, my property. And she sued them and she won Hmm. and basically won the right for women to have property that's awesome and from Pontotoc, fucking mississippi so it's like you know and from you know from a native american woman uh, you know it's, it's like triple you know charge triple threat triple threat kind of <laughs> um but yeah so I, I will get more details on the story because like cool i can remember but yeah huge feminist movement at the pontotop mississippi about you know women Getting on their own property, imagine that. Woo, woo-hoo! Yeah. woohoo! We and can do things. We can do things Shit. and have things.
0: We can have things. We can drink things. Have your own credit. Card we can drink have things. Our own cre- oh, and we can yeah. like
1: actually start our own business and get a business loan mm-hmm. without having a man's signature. Mm-hmm. Thank you, nineteen eighty whatever. Still can't get a hysterectomy without
0: it though. Um, wow
1: fuck <laughs> alright, well thank y'all for listening and we will talk to y'all soon bye. bye Bye.
0: follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and check out our website thestrangesouth.com all our social media links are there and for extra fun and goodies, join our Facebook fan group Fans of the Strange South Podcast and if you love us so much that you want to support what we do and get bonus episodes and behind the scenes photos and videos please consider joining our Patreon Patreon, Patreon at www.patreon.com slash the